Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the Off Grid Traveller. Today, we're gonna to be joined by Luke Pocock, who has traveled around Australia over six times with enough stories to fill a small country. And why talking to the locals can make your trip a lifetime memory, and how going off the beaten track can show you the real behind the scenes of Australia, and why getting outside and seeing the stars will reset your brain and clean your lungs. And as always, we'd like to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dry Flush Toilets. If you haven't seen these amazing off-grid toilets, you really need to check them out. They're the cleanest, easiest, smell-free toilet that you've ever seen. And they recently won the best new camping technology in Australia. No more dumping chemicals or maintaining a composting toilet. Go to www.dryflush.com.au to see how they work. Let's get traveling. Welcome to the Off Grid Traveller podcast, where we meet the people who go off grid and into a life of adventure, challenge and grand new horizons. Whether on land or on sea, you'll meet some fascinating characters who've chosen the road less travelled and discover their best tips, worst moments, favourite destinations and a whole lot more. Hey guys, welcome to the Off Grid Traveller. Today we have Luke, Luke Pocock, who is uh, with us all the way from Australia. Um, he's actually from the UK originally and down the road from where I used to live, which is a is a crazy coincidence. Um, but the reason we brought uh, Luke on today is that he has been traveling like a monster around Australia. Um, he's been everywhere, every single nook and cranny. And so today we'd love to have a chat with him, get to learn a little bit more about where he's been, his ups and downs and really just um his tips and tricks of the trade you know of traveling like it, it's good to have you with us mate no thanks for that and thanks for the intro it, uh, it's always weird to hear that when someone else says about the traveling thing because you don't see it at that point that you're doing this big wonderful thing that's it yeah yeah because you're living it right and you don't think in the sense of uh, what i'm doing is something that someone else will be dreaming about continuously and you know you've got all these people at the moment who are sitting indoors going oh, i wish i had the opportunity to travel right and oh. you do it every single day or at least almost every single day right oh it's absolutely crazy like you said in my introduction originally from the uk near you hmm. i remember my schoolmate back then was his dream holiday was just to go to australia yeah not only have i migrated to australia but i have traveled around australia five or six times i've lost count how many times i've been around how many how many people do you think that have been in australia their whole lives and have not left the town that they grew up in oh there's so many people um so many i when i did my travels and i went to these regional towns and they were small there was only two maybe lucky three buildings in each area and you talk to the locals and you're sitting in every regional town has a pub, which right. blows my mind when there's only five or six people that live in that area. And you're talking to them and they have not seen or anything outside of that. And having a pommy accent, just I'll go into these and it blows their mind. Everyone comes over to me and they want to chat and they want to talk and Oh, there's some interesting characters. I can tell you that. So, and, and that I've, I've talked about this in, in uh, past podcasts as well, is that when you travel, the type of people that you meet on the road is like, you know, your stories are one step, but theirs is like that extra level of 
having that adventure themselves within that local region. And so you come back uh, off of your travels and you've got this whole pocket full of different stories, ideas, plans. And and I, I, it's one of those things that's really stuck with me is that the stories that you meet and the people that you meet on your travels is is probably one of the highest points of traveling in general. 100% agree. When people don't realize they, I was a lone traveler. I did it on my own. People do it and they stick in their own little bubble. Mm. You need to talk to the locals of that area. Um, whether or not you understand their way of living, the way they do it. Like I'm not from a farming background coming from London, but I met a lot of farmers and the stories that they have and the the waking up at the crack of dawn, mm. getting done, getting their stuff done, and just the way they live their life in those areas makes you opens your eyes up on how different the world is even though they could just be a few hours away yeah and you just go wow what a difference this is right yeah. living in that area is just insane yeah but yeah. definitely if you are a traveler and you're listening to this and you're traveling talk to the locals talk I to cannot, the locals i cannot say that enough <laughs> talk to them what's um what was the what was the longest journey you've taken like because you what you do is you do you're traveling for work and so you get that there is that nice part where you're obviously getting paid to be able to go to these different locations and you have a, a project or a plan that you're working on when you go to them but what's the the longest journey you've taken and um was it was did you have signal what were the type of uh issues that you encountered along those routes um so there's two sort of longest trips i've done one being up in north queensland and one being down in victoria i'll go for the victoria one first mm. you're in victoria and what i didn't realize when i first did it was how big australia is okay um coming from the uk you can drive from the bottom to the top in a big. day yeah you yeah. can you really can yeah and i was on i was driving for it was close to two weeks and i was in one state of australia and i i drove from one side all the way to the top all the way down the other side and everywhere in between and then cut across so i drove from one side of victoria to the other side back down and across again. So I touched all four sides. Um, so that was a big, long, interesting trip. There's roads in between where you can see three different seasons on the same road. That's, That's cool. how long the roads That's are. Cool. And being in Victoria, you can have snow in one area, drive all the way through, there'll be sun, and then you'll hit just masses of rain and then you pop out the other side of that back into the sun. And it's just, wow. So when you were saying about like it was a two-week journey, on in your itinerary, do you have like places that you're staying on the route or is it kind of a wing it? Or what What have you found has been the, the best approach? So because mine was combination of work, there were certain destinations I had to be at on gotcha. certain times. I... I was lucky enough that I was able to space these out. So I had a couple of days in between, so I could wing it in between. Mm -hmm. So it was a combination of winging it and an actual itinerary of where I had to be. Okay. So like having a, a goal location in it, like every X amount of kilometers, miles sort of thing. And then between that, yep. you have not, let's not call it free time because you're still traveling, but you have the ability to move uh, and see different areas as well. And, 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 yes. you know, Okay, cool. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, I would like um 
when I was up in North Queensland, I, um, I started right at the very top and I had to drive down and it was okay. On this day, I had to be in Townsville. And on this day, I had to be in Charters Towers. And on this day, I had to be in Mackay. So you have to do all this loop and you have to get there. But I allowed myself enough space in between where I was able to get off the beaten track because that's where you truly do find the beauty of behind the scenes of Australia. Yeah. Okay. Because, and like we were saying, like most people, they don't leave their towns, and and so this is the the really like this is why we wanted to get Luke on here and have this 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 conversation is that like Luke has seen things that probably most people have driven past a hundred times, two hundred times, and he's seen potential signs and gone like, well, what what is that? And then you were talking to me about one particular that that came to, uh, to, to one, time recently. One particular one that we spoke about was this place called Babinda. Babinda. And I was drive, I was driving down from North Queensland, and I had some time up my sleeve, and I said, you know what, I, I'm feeling pretty hungry. Uh, let me let me go find a local town and go grab myself a, a pie or a sausage roll. As and I was do. driving down, I saw this sign, Babinda. And I went, oh, let's let's see what that is. It must be a town. Let's drive. So off I went off this beaten track and I end up at this place at Babinda. There was a post office and a pie shop. Um, so I got myself my food. One tip, carry cash with you. Yeah. When you go to these regional areas, there's not much reception. They don't have FPOS because the FPOS companies charge them with fees and stuff like that. And they're not a big enough town to cover their cost of fees so make sure you carry cash with you it helps their businesses it helps them and it will help you you will not go hungry when you're in these areas so i stopped at the babinda i got myself my pie and my sausage roll and i stopped and i went you know what i'm gonna find somewhere to eat now there was a little bench at the front of the store i could have sat there and ate i saw a sign two k's this way babinda boulders Mm. said what is that it's a brown sign which means it's a touristy lookout type place. And those, yeah. those are the difference. If you learn the colors of the signs, you know what ones to look for. Brown sign means tourist. Mm. No one here though. So anyway, off I go to Bavinda Boulders. I pulled up, got out of the car, did a, it wasn't even a 200 meter walk. And this view was just phenomenal. This just clear water. It was almost like it was just a sheet of glass. It was dead still. You could see straight to the bottom. I took my shoes off, rolled my pants up, put my feet in, and oh my goodness! And I ate my sausage roll, my pie there. And and so and this is the thing. So was was Babinda Boulders? Is it is it a lake or is it on the seafront? Or because you were saying it's crystal clear waters, you there was literally no one there, right? There's an attraction sign that probably barely everyone goes past, and they don't bother even stopping. You've decided to go there, and you've just had well a five star experience, right? So yeah, was yeah. it a lake or? It was like a, a like a lake, and it also had like a current, like a stream oh, that on. ran through it as well off the side. And they've got what's called Devil Pools there. Okay. So it's got this um, this natural slide. It's just a giant rock face with just this water that has smoothed this rock over. I've seen so that. much. You can slide on it yourself, and it's dead smooth. You slide on it, go into this like lake, swim, do all that stuff. Absolute crystal clear. Um, there was no wildlife trying to eat you there, like most things <laughs> in Australia. And it was just beautiful. But this Devil's Pools, there's been a few deaths there and stuff like that over the years because people get washed away in the current because mm. it can get pretty strong. Um, 
but it was just magnificent. And then my my mind, I got a bit intrigued by this place and going, well, what is it? And back in the war, a plane went down there and the local Aboriginal people pulled the pilot of this plane who survived and they helped him and treated him and stuff like that. So, look, if you went further enough and dug further enough into Bimbin the Boulders, you'd probably find the plane still there. That's crazy, isn't it? And and, mm. and that that just comes from you going, okay, I have a little bit of time between uh, you know, location A and location B, and I'm gonna I'm hungry and just thinking to yourself, well, what if I do go for a little bit further of a chat a walk? Or as you mentioned before, just ask the locals. Just ask yeah. the locals, hey, by the way, what's good round here? And nine times out of ten, they're gonna tell you something that well, there's always that one out of ten that it could be absolutely terrible, and that does happen. <laughs> but nine times out of ten, it is amazing. It, it it's something that you've you've never seen before, and you're gonna come back with a memory uh that is gonna last you a lifetime. Cause uh, you you've you you said to me that you recommend uh the 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 boulders to literally everyone now. And oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. My next door neighbor goes to North Queensland every year. And not until I went to this Babinda Boulders, I mentioned to him, I said, you need to go Babinda Boulders. And he's like, what is that? Showed him on the phone, stuff like that. He changed his trip. Yeah. He took the, he's got a drone. He took his drone and now he goes back there every year. Right. That's how amazed he was by it. And it's not touched by, lots of tourists and that's why it is so special and that's why when you do go off the beaten track there where it's not a tourist hotspot where there's thousands of people it becomes just so naturally amazing and wowing yeah yeah you you're you're basically one of the first people to go there in a couple years maybe or like the last five years or and and or one of a hundred people and 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 that's the thing like you were saying with australia being so big there are so many places so many that people have probably just completely forgotten about and like you know if, if for anyone who is looking to go off grid like start in your backyard like have a look online and just see what are the attractions or you know local attractions which maybe you know aren't on a theme park <laughs> like go go for the ones which are maybe something where you you there might be a little bit of danger involved like you're saying about the currents like don't get me wrong don't go swimming if you can't swim but <laughs> You know, go check them out because um, oh. it's, it's it's incredible. Even England, right? The thing is, England's tiny, but there are so many little um, country roads you can pop off of. And then you found a castle that no one's seen in, you know, 50 years or something like that. It's amazing. Yep. yep. And like combine the new with the old. Mm. Go off grid, find these places. And then when you come back and you've got service, everyone's got a mobile phone in their pocket. Google the place and you will find information which will blow your mind. Like that's what I did. And I found it was found a war plane went down that area and the local Aboriginal people helped it and stuff like that. There's a story behind it as well. It's not just a little place. There's an actual story. Same as like you said in the UK, you find this castle, Google it. You will find there will be some sort of significant story with that place. The Battle of Hastings. You don't just find these places by chance. There is something that has happened in this place in the past, and you will find out amazing things about this place. That's it. That's it, mate. I love that. And you were mentioning earlier about always carrying cash with you, and, yes. and this is a really important one. So, in your in your mindset, what are the what are the things that you find are an important part of your itinerary 
due to experience and just doing your research beforehand? There's been a few things that's happened. I've another one up in North Queensland, cyclone season, cyclones come through. Make sure that when you are going to go to these areas, check weather type things. I didn't think of that like cyclones. Like I don't care for rain, snow, that minor weather things. You wouldn't go to Florida in hurricane season. No. You're not going to go up there in cyclone season. Keep an eye on that. I I was lucky enough that when I was up there, I was up there for a couple of days. I was just about to head out into the into um, the regional part of North Queensland. I got a phone call from someone at work saying, turn around, get yourself to Cairns Airport, park your car mm. that I was there, park your car, you're going to go back there later, get on the plane, there's a cyclone coming. So I was fortunate enough for that because being parked on the side of the road in a caravan or in a car, camper van or something like that, and a cyclone hits, it's you you're not gonna you're not gonna like it yeah yeah and yeah. so so step one do your do your prep like fi- yeah. figure out what what's the weather what's the location you're going are there like are there problems that are going to happen during that yeah it's significant weather events don't go there and go oh i'm gonna get some rained on you're off the grid anyway significant weather cyclones mm. hurricanes if, if you're going to the middle east sandstorms you know that sort of things mm. um check out for that stuff have cash on you number one you don't need much cash because you can get in between but i'm thinking anywhere between 100 and 200 is going to keep you out of trouble just yeah. cash so you don't need a huge amount um that's enough to get you get you a drink get you a sausage roll and get you from a to b yeah i'm i'm a big believer like um i I live in i live in south korea and everything's gone card now as as it has pretty much in the world right but i always always keep cash in my wallet because i know the value of cash i know the value of it i know how useful it can be especially when you're off the beaten track and and i was speaking to a a, a gent before called uh, mick who was uh, traveling on a catamaran um yeah. uh, around uh, indonesia and um he was saying how it's also good to have something to trade and it comes down to the same thing if you're in aussie money's going to be king right but yep. it's the same thing that if you've got stuff to trade that you're able to like swap for resources um it's it is literally one of the most important things that can not only build a relationship with someone but um make sure that you're not caught with your cacks down yes absolutely this episode of off-grid traveler is proudly sponsored by dry flush toilets australia home of the world famous lavio dry flush toilet This patented electric toilet has no chemicals, is not a composting system, and can be set up literally anywhere in under 60 seconds. It looks and feels like an at-home toilet to use, but it can be used anywhere with no external power or water, and it still flushes. There's also no cartridge to clean or empty, and it's perfect for camping, caravans, converted vans, boats, tiny homes, or anything off-grid. Go to www.dryflush.com.au and use coupon code off grid to get a 10% discount on your toilet order today. I, I just recently went to Dubai. Hmm. Now, that wasn't a off the grid holiday. No. We lived it up. Five stars, everything. 
best restaurant, stuff like that. Good man. Uh, mix, like I said, mix the good with the bad. Do both yeah. if you can. Get an opportunity. And I had some Australian cash in my wallet, and I went to old Dubai into the markets, and I had some Australian cash in my wallet. They were more interested in – I had Dubai dollars, and I had Australian. They were more interested in, in me purchasing something with Australian cash rather than the local dirham. And and and, and that makes you think, okay, so it's like, okay, if if I pay them with the the AUD, right? I yep. I'm potentially paying more because they they get that value from it, but then you're not having to do an exchange rate. So is it actually better for you just to carry the AUD? Yeah. And it just blows your mind, but that goes back to what you say with something to trade. Yeah, that did that was that a currency to them, or was that oh, I want some Australian money to take home and show my put kids on the and wall. my family and put and on the look, wall. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny to think. And and so uh, another tip there on on top of the money tip is have have a have fifty different types of currency in your pocket because <laughs> someone if you, might if you can have fifty different types of currency. Go for it. Yeah. There's, there's some regional pubs that I've been to in Australia. They they'll take uh, take one of your notes. Yeah. Just give us a note. Pay it doesn't matter how much it's worth. Give us a note, and they pin it up on the wall. Yeah. There's a whole wall of notes, and you see that in movies, and you see that in real life, and you see that on TV shows, and it's an actual thing. Just give us a note. We'll just pin it on the wall. Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a bar down down here as well that is exactly the same thing. And I um, I believe if you give them a note, they'll give you a couple free drinks because it's the yeah. the novelty of the fact that oh look I've got a I've got a pound coin there or like oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't try and tip a pound coin on the wall, but um, like a <laughs> five pound note or something. And yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's really cool, mate. I, I like that. And so what? You you mentioned obviously the 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 boulders, which is a, a really kind of moment that's stuck in your head. Um, what would you say is a really low point of traveling? Something that does grind on you sometimes, or you've had it's happened more than once, maybe. Sometimes driving in Australia, it's a big place. Yeah, you really need to. I've I've sat in the car and I'm driving across the middle of Central Queensland. And my GPS is literally, it's a straight road. There's nothing around, nothing in front, nothing behind, no other cars, no nothing. And your GPS says in 256 kilometers, stay straight. <laughs> and you literally, I drove for like 400 odd kilometers with nothing, mm. nothing to see. It's just, just dead grass either side. And those things can grind on you in between. And it was literally just mind numbing that those drives so you need to stay focused on the either end going there is something on the other end of this and i will see something so when you do get to those points where because it's literally there is nothing because it's just central queensland it's just major cattle yards yeah, and stuff right. like that and it's there's nothing there is nothing off the beaten track because everything is dead grass around you so those types of things can be quite mind numbing and you're on your own just sitting there Right, you lose reception, so you don't get your your Spotify's or your podcasts or any of that to listen to because you've got no reception. So you try and tune into a local radio station. <laughs> You're lucky if you get an FM radio station. So you got you got to go back. I don't know. Is it AM? The, yes, the it old? is AM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to try and find an AM station, and hopefully 
you hear something. Um, so, yeah, if possible, um, I learned this after the first time of doing that. Download and save it to your phone. Boom. So you're not relying on it. So, yes, you can like music on your Spotify and you can like that, but you still need to log into Spotify. Download the music if you can. Download some songs. You go, right, I know that I'm going to be driving for possible three hours without anything. I'm going to download an ebook, which is four or five hours long. I'm covered. I can listen to that while yeah. I'm driving. And this podcast, um, make sure you download that as well, because that's really important. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> no, but that, it's to a, our beautiful voices to keep your mood up. Cool. Keep, keep on going, guys. We, we, we know you've only got four more hours. Keep on going. Um, <laughs> no, but that's, that's really, really important is that we've become so used to technology around us. Um, and, and we do forget that sometimes you you go into these areas which have minimal signal. And so doing a little bit of prep of downloading and just having something as a back, look, even if it means you've got a cassette tape in the back and and, and you're, you're, you're locking <laughs> off some of the old school uh, drum and bass or whatever you want to listen to, just, yep. just make sure that you've got something there to keep your brain functioning. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of when I'm, when I'm walking or, or traveling, is that like sometimes, um, you know, without hands, uh, do a hands-free and have a call with someone. Right. And, yep. you know, you, it's always good to have a mate that you're, you're able to chat about anything really. Um, but those times when you literally can't talk to them, there's no opportunity, just have something to keep the brain moving. Yes. I like, you can't, you'll, Literally, these roads in Australia are nothing. Mm. You can't even play a game of how many I cows? spy with yourself <laughs> because there is nothing. <laughs> so okay. I spy my little eye, nothing. <laughs> Dead grass. Dead grass. Yes. But then on, on, on the flip side of that, because uh, and, and I don't know, because obviously you've done this so much that it might have it might have worn down in the mind a little bit regarding it, but does the the feeling of being around absolutely nothing. Um, I was speaking to someone who went to the center of Australia recently, and they mentioned how there is so much nothing that it makes you feel really small in comparison to the great world. And it's kind of a big feeling in your mind. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like you go to these tourist spots, like I mentioned, Dubai, there's thousands of people around and you're in that hustle and bustle and there's just so much going on that you don't think outside of what's currently going on around yeah. you. But you go to this area where there is nothing and it's almost surreal and you, you it, it's almost like a um, mind out of body experience yes. because you sit back and there's nothing. You just see this this big untouched area and you go, wow, we are in a big world where there is a lot of stuff going on. And it just sort of takes you out of that that body experience. Like you say, it's just like, wow, this is bigger. But when you're in a crowded place, you don't feel like you're in such a big area because you're in such a crowded end. Yeah, yeah, that, and because I, I'm a, I'm, look, I'm from the city originally, right? So the the hustle and bustle, like yourself, it's part of my brain i love that um but yeah. you, you sometimes you really need to get out of that and just go for a a free four hour drive somewhere and and just try it like you know anyone who's in aussie who has the ability to go out into the 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 boons get yourself look at a map find where the 
the the furthest town is that you could do maybe in uh, five hours or a day trip potentially, or or even a night overnight trip, and just go there, go there. Yep. So you know, go and experience that complete out of body experience for a bit. Go chill out, find some random uh, adventures around the area, um, and and have yourself a sausage roll. You know, enjoy absolutely. It. Yeah. But the the other thing you can do as well, which people don't realize, is what I did, someone told me about this, otherwise I would never have done it. Mm. When you go to these areas where there isn't a city, what where there isn't a city there, what is reduced is light pollution from the city. Yes. Light pollution damages the damages the sky. Mm. Right? Go to this regional town, look up. The stars <laughs> and that are amazing. It's never the stars are so bright. The the moon's there. You, it's a different experience. If you go into a city and look at the sky, it's very different. If you go into a regional area and look at the sky, it's so important. Once again, to say that. you will feel like nothing. A speck. You, you, you're you're a speck in this universe of yeah. nothingness. It's and and to 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 play on that as well is that like you know. Um, when when I was living in Thailand, uh, so we used to go out to the jungle because I had friends like uh, Thai friends who like had camps in the jungle, and literally as you're saying it, you look up and there's so many stars. There's so many that you realise how how much pollution there actually is in the city. Not just the smell, not just the sound, not just the 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 light, but just getting back to nature and spending 24 hours, 48 hours in something like that can actually reset your brain a bit. And, and, oh, and yes. I think that's something that everyone should do at least a couple times a year. Mm. Yep. Couldn't agree more with you. And other things, like we said about the space, like you said, you just mentioned then pollution. Mm. When I go to these regional areas and I'm driving between towns and there's nothing, aircon off, one windows down, oh, let yeah. the air hit you in the face. It's a different air. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you ever check like have you ever checked the AQI difference between let's say the city or like when you're out in the boons and because like I know that some places when you check on the AQI system it would be like one one air pollution compared to like thirty five or forty five million per you know parts per square meter. Um, have yeah. you have you ever actually checked that and seen what? No, the I've never ever checked that. I've yeah. just sort of done the one windows and smell. Old it. school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that would better. be interesting. Like if I was to look now, if I go on the AQI and I look back now at the areas I've been to. And compare the areas that I've been to with with the cities on how different it would be. That would yeah. be quite interesting. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. I think I think that's a really it's a cool cool idea. Like I love the fact though that you've not even had to think about that, and you know you're just going there. And you're like everything just feels better. Like I feel like yeah. I could go for a run, and like it's not going to affect you because you're just getting oxygenated. Like I think that's a really important thing as well. Is that people don't realize is that when you go out to these areas where there's no pollution, you breathe so much better, your brain yes. works better, you feel better within like a split second. Yes, 100%. And that's why I say turn your aircon off, open the windows and let it in. Yeah. You know, like I've been some places, it's 45 degrees Celsius, but still open the windows, let the air in. Yeah. It's breathe it in, take full Take the full experience in. Yeah. Um, when you're out there, if it's raining, go for a walk in the rain. It's a different rain. It's a different rain. As long as, long as it doesn't say on there acid rain. <laughs> Don't <laughs> recommend. 
<laughs> I'm not sure you're going to get much acid rain out there. Uh, I'm um, just saying. <laughs> If you're in a place where there's acid rain, I would recommend staying indoor at all times. Yeah, do not go out. It sounds that sounds a bit naughty to me. Um, yeah. So, or, you know, what would be your your recommended travel kit that you normally take when you when you're traveling from place to place? Because obviously, you're going to have some shirts and, and and a bit of gear with you. We've talked about the the mini essentials that you've said, but um, what's what's kind of just like a day pack for you or, or a week pack? What would you normally take with you? Water. Yep. Always have water on you. Um, little Those little glucose energy shots, just in case you are going, decide that you go off the beaten track, I'm going to go for a walk up this mountainside. Nice. Make sure you've got something like that because there, there might not be a local shop close by. And if they are, they're not the healthiest of stores. <laughs> they're just a pie shop. So yep. make sure you've got something like that with you just to keep you your head above water in that situation. A change of clothes, 100% to make sure that you, if you do get rained on or you decide you want to go for a swim or any of that stuff, make sure you've definitely got at least one change of clothes. Um, look, people go down the path of a first aid kit. Okay. Yeah. I never did. Um, never, never have I been in a situation where I've needed a full first aid kit. Take a couple of items if you want to be cautious in that situation. Mine are the essentials. Okay. Spare change of undies. Yeah. Water. A decent pair of closed shoes. Yeah. A lot of people in Australia get around with just what's what I call flip-flops. They call thongs. Thongs, yeah. Very different if you're in England to Australia. The first time I heard it, mate, that that completely <laughs> blew my mind. Like I was in, in uh, Southeast Asia and uh, this guy said, yeah, I'll just put on a pair of thongs. And I was like, like what what did you say like are you are you yeah. uh is, is this is are you good like um, are you not only wearing one you gotta wear two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey man <laughs> power to him yeah so basically that's it mm. Mm. just the absolute bare minimum there is no need to pack all that stuff so like it's so it, yeah it's so far away but so close to a town that you only need the minimum you don't need to have all that stuff. You don't need to bog yourself down with all that. If you're going to be off the track for a couple of days, a little gas stove, mm. you can buy them from the local shop for 50 to hundred bucks. Mm. If you're going to cook some stuff, a little esky, a little fridge or something like that. But it depends. It purely comes down to your preference, how prepared you want to be. If you're a warrior, when you come to that things, I'm, I'm not someone who worries that I'm going to get hurt. Mm. Um, I've, I've scuba dived with sharks without a cage. Mm. I've, I've done a, a crocodile swim up in Northern territory, um, skydiving, all that stuff. I'm not a warrior when it comes to getting hurt. So I didn't go down the path of first aid kits and what if this happens? What if I break my arm? Yeah. Some people are that. So it comes down to your personal preference, but pack what makes you feel comfortable. Mm. I don't, the worst thing to be is to go on the road and worry and feel uncomfortable that you don't have something that makes you feel uncomfortable because it's going right. to ruin your experience. That's right. So Get it, it comes down to your preference. Pack what makes you feel comfortable for your trip. Yeah, that and that is a really, really important thing there is if you're going to feel uncomfortable on the journey, and there's a two part to that. If you're going to feel uncomfortable on the journey because you're not brought it, get it. The second part is if this is kind of your first trip or, you know, you're in the middle of going out there and, and you're feeling uncomfortable and nervous before you go on the trip, 
that's okay because that normally means that growth's about to happen as well. Yes. Because the, and, and it's really important to understand the difference between anxiety and the potential growth that you're coming out of your comfort zone. Um, yes. And people will mix those up. Massively, massively. Yeah. It, 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 and it, look, you just don't worry. Like, oh, am I going to need that first aid kit? Oh, am I going to need that? What, if, what happens if I get bitten by a snake or something like that? Mm. People worry about that. Get yourself a first aid kit. 100%. You're not, you don't worry about those things. Those You don't have to worry worry like you said worry about the growth like get that get that anxiety like oh what's going to happen here mm. not have i got water have i got food have i got this those shouldn't even be on your list of worries and that's what you said the, the yeah. difference between your growth and your anxiety type things yeah but exactly yeah like you said there is no singular thing that you can pack there is no itinerary of stuff in stuff you can pack Pack what makes you feel comfortable to travel in that situation on where you are going. Mm. Everywhere is different. Everywhere changes. It depends on the the weather, whether you're going to be in zero degrees or in 40 degree heats. It's pack what makes you comfortable is the most best bit of advice I can give you. And, and, and you've got to hear Luke said that like he wants you to understand that is super important because it is. Um, but then on the side of that, have you ever... Um, broken down on the road yes how do you deal with that uh keep calm okay um if you if you don't keep calm in that situation you're going to cause yourself more problems mm -hmm. if you get at the car you're broken down you panic mine mm -hmm. was a simple mine was just an overheat mm -hmm. so it was simple it was a busted radiator um if you panic if I got out of the car panicking because there's steam coming out of the car, oh my God, what's going on? I'm going to think there's a million things wrong. Mm -hmm. um, relax. Turn the car off. Sit there for a while. Let the car settle. Then restart the car. Mm. That type of things. Just if you panic, you're going to you're gonna put so many more problems in your mind. Oh, I've blown the head gasket. Oh, the exhaust has fallen off. There's steam coming out. I've done this. Mine was a simple radiator. Um, so I was then able to just topped the car up with some water. It was my own drinking water because I knew I had to get to a destination. Yeah. I pulled out an old school map. Yeah. They, <laughs> because you don't have reception well, at every yeah. place, is an old school map nearest town there. I'm going there. Someone there at a local station will be able to help me plug a radiator hole until I can get to somewhere where I can fix it myself. Mm. And you just do it like mine. I just had to do small drives, not mm. to let the car overheat, stop, pause for a bit, go again pause for a bit, go again. So that was it. And if I panicked, I was like, I must get to that town to fix that. I buggered my car up long-term and I could have got stuck somewhere else. And, and just keep calm. When when you're and when you're on that route, uh, like let's say, for instance, that the car breaks down, um, you've got a distance to go. What's the likeliness that you'll see someone else on that route uh, in that day? Do you see cars drive by? Uh, occasionally you do. Um, funny story. I'll go into that one in a moment. Um, yes, you do see cars and you can regional areas versus a metro area. Mm. It's easier to get help in a regional area than 100%. it is in a metro area. And there's no one there. That's so crazy, isn't it? That, that yeah. the more people there are, the less likely someone will come and help you. <laughs> 
Absolutely. That's true. I was I was driving. This is my funny story. I was driving and it was straight road, nothing on the road, no yeah. other cars. And I was in my car and look, I was I was being a little naughty and I was speeding. I didn't realize I was speeding. My foot was just down. I was going. It was a dead straight road, no one around. I was doing 130 in a 110 zone. 20 Ks over, but I didn't I didn't think of it. I wasn't looking. I had my arm out the window and I was just breathing cruising. in the air and just relaxing. I was cruising <laughs> along. One car came past me. I waved to him, as you do. Hello, mate. As you go through these regional towns. Happened to be a police officer. It was the only <laughs> other car on the road. Anyway, he turned around. He put his sirens on. I pulled over. And he goes, mate, you know why I pulled you over? I said, look, to be honest, it's probably because I was speeding. Because when I waved to you and I saw you as a police officer, it made me look at my speedo and I was speeding. And he goes, look, just just get where you're going safely. Just keep it under. Everything will be all right. Don't worry about it. Two weeks later, I, I was I shook his hand. He let me off the hook. Regional yeah, areas. Buddy. Well, that's it. Two weeks later, I got home. I had a speeding fine in my letterbox. <laughs> So he got you still. He just, he was too nice to give you on the, on the spot. On the spot, he was too nice. And he, he sent me one. Oh, I, I cussed a few words when I saw it. And I thought, well, if I go back and I see him on the road again, I'm going to have words of him. Oh, that's so funny. And, and, but that, that, that circumvents into another thing is that these, these local regions, the people there are lovely. Well, they, they can be. Obviously, you can get characters everywhere, but, you know, you, I'm sure that you, like you said, you you go to these pubs. Everyone wants to talk to you. You have these really good conversations. Yeah. You you can make lifetime friends with some of these people within split seconds just because of that 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 difference between a metropolitan area and and these local areas, right? Yes, metropolitan areas. Everyone's head is too far stuck in their own mobile phones. Yes, the regional areas they want to talk old school to you and they want to talk to you and chat to you and have a. Where are you from? Why? What makes? Why are you coming through this area for? Yeah. Why are you here? Like, <laughs> we don't see people here. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. So they yeah. want to talk, and then with with an English accent, it opens up this whole other thing. They're like, "Oh, there's an English person here." Mm. Come to yeah. take over the country. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Was you a convict? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a late one. Yeah, those are the questions I get. Ah, oh, are you a 10-pound pom? Right? Or was you a convict? It's like, no. Was your family convicts? No. <laughs> so is that, is that a question that gets asked a lot? That's quite funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's the – I don't know what, what it is, but Australia and England, they have this rivalry. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's the cricket or the Barmy Army versus Australians. They just have this thing. We're called poms, prisoner yeah. of Mother England. Um, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I wanted to say, uh, Luke, thank you so much for the the opportunity to chat and and really just delve into um, uh, your your experiences, your your tips, your your hot you know moments that have happened in 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 that. And um, you know, anyone who has been listening, I, I really want you to understand that, like. It's not. It, it seems scary at first, but if you're prepped and and you you've got the stuff that makes you feel comfortable to go on these trips, uh, you know, around Australia uh, or around the world, you you're gonna have the best time of your life. The best time of your life. You yeah. Now, thanks for having me on here. And like you said again, that number one tip: you be comfortable with what you've got for where you're going. No one can tell you what you should or shouldn't take. Be comfortable with yourself. 
Exactly. And on that note, guys, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed this awesome uh, podcast with Luke. And uh, yeah, keep on traveling. Cheers, guys. If you or someone you know would be an interesting guest on the show, we'd love to hear from you. We love speaking to everyday people who've taken to the open road or open seas for an extended period of time or anyone that's set up their life in an off-grid location. Please email guest at offgridtraveller.com.au to get in touch. That's two L's in Traveller.